the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, March the 1st, 2024, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1815, Napoleon, having escaped exile in Elba, arrived in Cannes, France. He headed for Paris to begin his 100 days rule. Today in 1867, Nebraska became the 37th state. Today in 1893, inventor, uh, inventor Nikola Tesla, he first published the, uh, publicly demonstrated the radio. During a meeting with the National Electric Light Association in St. Louis, he transmitted electromagnetic energy without wires. Without Tesla's invention and discovery, we wouldn't be having this conversation today, would we? Perhaps someone else would have figured it out later, but he did in <clears throat> today in 1893. Today in 1932, Charles Lindbergh Jr., the 20-month-old son of Charles and Ann Lindbergh, was kidnapped from the family home near Hopewell, New Jersey. Remains identified as those of the child were found the following May. This was a story that gripped the nation. Today in 1954, four Puerto Rican nationalists opened fire from the Spectators Gallery in the U.S. House of Representatives, wounded five members of Congress. Today in 1971, a bomb went off inside a men's room at the U.S. Capitol. The radical group Weather Underground claimed responsibility for the Breton blast. The founder of this uh, Weather Underground group, they did that to a lot of buildings, particularly government buildings. They would bomb the buildings. They always made the case that they weren't trying to hurt anyone. They were just trying to bomb buildings that the U.S. government owned. And um, the founder of the Weather Underground was Bill Ayers. Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine, were college professors in Chicago area. It was in their home, Bill Ayers' home, that Barack Obama held his first fundraiser when he entered politics. You can fill in the blanks. Today in 2012, online publisher and conservative blogger Andrew Breitbart. He died in Los Angeles at the age of 43. And today in 2020, state officials said New York City had its first confirmed case of coronavirus, a woman in her late 30s who had contracted the virus while traveling in Iran. Health officials in Washington State announced what was believed at the time to be the second U.S. death from the coronavirus. They said the virus may have been circulating for weeks undetected in the Seattle area. Interesting, I noticed the left is redefining terms again. That's what they do all the time. That's part of the of the uh, main uh, agenda of the left is to redefine terms and redefine people and then uh, attack or try to prevail over them. President Joe Biden's White House has begun re- referring to uh, border crossers and illegal aliens as newcomers and, quote, 
people who are in the country. They are not using aliens, migrants, illegal aliens, and so on. Yesterday, while promoting a Senate bill to preserve his catch-and-release network at the U.S. and Mexico border, Biden's White House made a passing reference to border crossers and illegal aliens, calling them newcomers to the U.S. The White House put out a fact sheet on the uh, Senate bill that's that's uh, before them, and uh, here's here's part of what it said. It said the bill also includes 1.4 billion dollars for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers, and would expedite work permits for people who are in the country and qualify. Earlier this month, in a similar press uh, release in the, on the Senate bill, Biden's White House touted billions that the legislation would provide to cities and states accepting these so-called newcomers. This is a reoccurring, it's not just a one-time event. They're starting to embed these words into the narrative, the national narrative. The Biden administration has made it a point to rid the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, of all references to illegal aliens or illegal migrants. Instead, the administration is demanding that officials use more inclusive terms like non-citizens and undocumented individuals. The left is very clever at using words to mislead people. And uh, we've known that for a long time. It's in full sway now. But I am my particular interest, and not that I'm not interested in all of this, I am and we all should be, but my particular interest is when it is when this whole agenda of redefining terms and redefining words is directed at the Christian community, particularly biblical Christians. Day before yesterday, leading Christian organizations sent a letter to left-leaning Politico. That's a news organization. It is widely read. It's um, often quoted. Um, It's left-leaning for sure. Uh, They are demanding, these leaders, Christian leaders, are demanding that an apology be uh, made public after one of the outlet's top reporters painted those who believe their rights come from God as extremists and Christian nationalists. Well, if our rights don't come from God, our founders were certainly confused, weren't they? The whole, the whole structure of the United States of America is based on the fact that the king wasn't God and he couldn't make the rules as far as our rights are concerned. Our rights are given by God, and they created a government, our founding fathers, to protect those God-given rights. This is a direct attack on God himself, on our founders, and on those of us who have a religious belief that God gives rights. Now the attack, and it's becoming more blatant. I know I've talked about this several times lately, but I can't overstate the importance of it because it is kind of the consuming message now. It's everywhere. The left is is carrying this message, and they've all got the talking points, and they're carrying this message, which is a very negative, uh, demeaning, degrading message 
towards some Christians. And they keep saying, well, not Christian nationalists, not everybody's a Christian nationalist. Some are, are just Christians, but the Christian nationalists. And what it comes down to is they are labeling anyone who speaks out uh, uh, for biblical truth, Judeo-Christian values. If they're, sticky, if they're speaking out this publicly, then they're a Christian nationalist. If there's anything that they're saying, that these quote-unquote Christian nationalists are saying, they're labeled as a nationalist about government or anything else that of any consequence. As long as we stay in our buildings so far, as long as we stay in our buildings and keep the door closed and don't turn the the you know the microphone up too loudly so that it'll bother the neighbors, they're going to leave us alone for the time being. But this is becoming a very serious matter, and I've lived long enough to have seen a lot, and I can see where this is going, and I think most of you can, if you're aware of it. What was once a, a voice of a few marginalized atheists has now clawed its way into the mainstream conversation in our country. Specifically, it is the conversation about whether biblical Christians should try or even believe that they should try to influence the culture. Or that biblical Christians believe that our our rights for religious freedom come from God. They are now attacking God and trying to marginalize Him. If Christians are patriotic, they're suspect. They're labeled. Ha ha, that, that is a Christian nationalist. And it isn't isolated. I wish I weren't even talking about this. I mean, this is, this is strange to just a generation ago. Nobody was questioning this. And if so, it was a few atheists sitting over a, in a bar somewhere encouraging each other in their disbelief. Now it's becoming it's becoming part of the mainstream conversation in America. So these leading Christian organizers uh, sent a letter day before yesterday to Politico. They're demanding an apology after one of the top reporters was talking about that, that rights coming from God was is not true. And they were criticizing Christians who believe that. Political, the, the, their investigative reporter, Heidi Prisbilla, and she's pretty well known in secular and kind of moderate circles and pretty respected, actually. But th- back on February 23rd, which is just a week ago, um, on MSNBC, uh, she, she, she said that, that Christian nationalists, not Christians, she said, believe rights come from God in what appears to be part of a continued crusade from the left to paint Christian values as a threat to democracy. So that's it was the theme of the <clears throat> excuse me, that was the theme of this letter to Politico. The base of the Republican Party, she said, has has shifted. She said on the air on MSNBC. She said, remember when Trump ran in 2016? A lot of the mainland mainland uh, uh, evangelicals, she I think she meant mainline, but she said mainland. Uh, evangelicals wanted nothing to do with them. So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element. We're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. 
She said the one thing that unites all of them, because there are so many groups out orbiting around Trump, but the one thing that unites them is, is as Christian nationalists, not Christians, but Christian nationalists. By the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, and I'm quoting, this was on MSNBC, is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. That's the case against Bible-believing Christians today in America. The problem with that is they're determining man, it is men, are determining what God is telling them. I'm quoting verbatim, is telling them. In the past, the so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, natural law. For instance, she says, it's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. Yes, he did. But now, she said, you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that. As you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama this week, the judges connected to that dominionist faction in talking about a lot of other issues, including surrogacy and IVF. I wish it weren't that way, but that's where we are. So they've sent this letter, and we'll see what the response is. And if the, if they ha- if they give a response, I don't know. But these are some of the leading Christian organizations in the country. But you know, there is an effort to silence biblical Christians. And where we're headed, and we're very close to that point today, is that it, I, I see the possibility of the left, which are in power in Washington, D.C. now, and the left and their surrogates, the, the news media, making a case that if you believe, as Jesus said you are, that you are salt and light on this world. If you believe that you should share the gospel with people, if you believe believe biblical truth, you're going to be labeled. I don't know how far they'll go with this, but they're on a path that leads to historic discrimination against Christianity in particular. I, I, I see it coming. Not that it can't change. It can be altered. In the blink of an eye, God can change everything because God is in control. I was reminded as I was thinking about this this morning, I was reminded of those couple of verses in Psalm 20, 7 and 8. The Bible says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Boy, if these people heard me saying that those words, and they're probably not listening, <clears throat> but if they heard me saying those words, that would drive them over the edge. But that's what the Bible says. The people of God have a stronghold in the Lord. And we, if we live out our lives for the Lord, according to biblical teaching, it looks like we're going to run head on into a very leftist, cultural Marxist government. 
and they're going to oppose us because they're already doing it. And they're setting the stage for this by redefining terms and all of these things that follow. Axios is another uh, left-leaning organization, news organization. They began their feature story yesterday with this statement, quote, about two-thirds of Americans reject or are skeptical about Christian nationalism despite its rising influence that's shaping education, immigration, and health care policies, a new survey finds. I want to talk to you a little bit about this new survey. It's interesting, and it's concerning, but God is in control. So don't be too concerned. Just be informed. Be vigilant. Be discerning. God is in control. But these people are trying to take us to a place that reminds me so much of of Rome and the early Christians. I mean, it does. I've read the history. No, I wasn't there. Um, I'm not that old. But I read the history and studied that because of my interest in it and the, the parallels of Christianity today, for sure, and our nation. But they, um, they're they quoting this new survey, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Why it matters, some Republicans, they say, and why they must express this, and why they must begin to put the damper on this active Christianity rather than passive Christianity. And understand, they're not addressing the so-called moderate Republicans or moderate Christians. The people that go to church on Sunday and then they kind of live their life, maybe, you know, in contrast to biblical teaching, they're not really trying to live a a life of Christianity or, or certainly not holiness and so on in the Lord. They're not particularly worried about that group of people in America. Who they are worried about is the parents that are going to school board meetings, the the people that are standing up in their community and saying, wait a minute, I I don't want my child to read this pornography. My child is in kindergarten or first grade or whatever. Those are the people they're targeting. They're looking at this. They're trusting in horses. And we're trusting in God. And they're looking at godly matters from a horse point of view. Politics is the horse. And they can ride that horse, and they are. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's where the friction, because Christians don't just say, oh, okay, well, well, I, I didn't really want to be salt and light anyway. I mean, true Christians. They take it seriously. We take it seriously. That Jesus wants us to go out and influence people's lives and share our faith with them and tell them about Jesus Christ. I've spent my whole life doing that as a pastor and a preacher. But, I mean, all of us are called to do that, to share Christ with people. People are looking for hope and looking for reality and looking for for something that's real. And these guys are operating in that kind of that orbit of of concern and, and confusion that's in our and chaos that's in our culture today. And they're capitalizing on it and they're leading people astray because they are motivated by politics alone, not by any higher power. They don't want any higher power. They want to be the higher power. That's the problem. So they're they're accusing Christian nationalists of calling for more religion in public schools, I'm quoting them, to book bans and even suggestion, suggestions that Democrat, democracy should die. 
One guy said that at the uh, at a religious conference recently. It was either CPAC or another one. When I read that he had made that statement, I thought, man, you shouldn't have said that. I don't know the person, but I doubt that they really believe that. I mean, it was in a moment of emotion, probably in speaking or whatever. But he, he did say that, and they've picked up on that. He was, I don't know, he's an elected official from somewhere. And they've picked up on that now, and they've woven that into their case against biblical Christianity. They said this once fringed ideology has become prevalent in some deeply red states at a time when the nation overall is increasingly diverse and less religious. What they're trying to do is push America to conforming to the culture rather than Christianity being a counter message to the culture. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, and they're trying to unrenew the mind of Christians by putting pressure on us and telling us that we're a kind of a cult-like group that's somehow attached at the hip to Donald Trump. I have news for them, and they don't understand this, or they don't want to understand it. They, they don't understand it isn't about Donald Trump. It's about values and about beliefs, and it's about conservative beliefs. But even more so, it's about biblical beliefs. Trump happens to represent those. I mean, let's be real. Joe Biden, not so much. His own Catholic Church keeps saying to him, he's not really a Catholic. Some of the leaders in the Catholic Church, forget what their designation was, but they were leaders. And they were saying, you know, we don't even want to give you communion. You're not a Catholic. I mean, that is the great divide in America today. It's not really political. Political just reflects. It's a spiritual divide. So they, in this poll that the Axios is referring to, some of the same conversation that we was on political, this political Prisbilla reporter. So where are they getting this? Well, the poll that they're quoting is, a, is data from what Axios calls the nonpartisan Public Religion Research Institute's American Values Atlas. Well, PRRI is a religious left-leaning organization, and let me tell you with certainty, they are partisan. They're leftist Christians, or leftist religionists. It was published days after the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos should receive legal protection as unborn life, Axios says. Well, first, two-thirds of Americans do not reject nor are they skeptical of Christian nationalism, which is patriotism, not necessarily nationalism. They're using that word because they feel it is the most pejorative word they can use. People are skeptical and they reject the image the left is creating to undermine biblical influence in our culture. The people the leftists are now calling Christian nationalists. Isaiah had this figured out a long time ago. He said they'll call good evil and evil good. They have completely reversed. So people who have been God-fearing, love their country, patriotic people, are now the enemy. And we are destroying democracy. And it must be stopped. At least some of the voices that are shouting and fingers that are pointing at biblical Christians labeling us as something different from what we are 
are doing so to create a political schism among biblical believers. They're trying to win an election. This is about more than an election. The election is important? Absolutely. Should we vote? Absolutely. Should we be involved? Absolutely. That's part of what God has called us to do. But the fact that we hold biblical beliefs has now become the, the, the flashpoint. That's the problem. They are blatantly becoming anti-Christian in their words and their actions under the guise of trying to save the country. Beyond, be, Axios has a thing on their article that says, Between the Lines, Christian nationalism is a set of beliefs centered around the white Amer- American Christianity's dominance in most aspects of life in the United States. They're not only anti-God, they're racist. Christianity, Christianity is not based around dominance in most aspects of life in the United States. It's based around Jesus Christ, who is God, who became flesh. Gave himself on a cross because we are miserably sinful. We are miserably lost. Christianity isn't about their politics. Christianity is about eternity. And Jesus Christ gave his life and died. And later this month, we're going to celebrate his resurrection. He is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. They don't get that or they disregard it because they don't know how to handle Jesus. Pilate didn't know how. The religious crowd of the days of Jesus didn't know how, so they killed him. They thought, wow, we finally got rid of this problem. But it didn't work out for them. He started appearing everywhere and people saw him after they had buried him. Many Christian nationalists, they say, believe the federal government should declare the U.S. a Christian nation. Christians aren't running around saying that. I mean, sure, they can find somebody that'll say anything. They're not running around saying that. Axios says many also believe the U.S. law should be based on Christian values and that God has called Christians to exercise dominion over all areas of American society. What they're saying is, It's really a claim for an ethno-religious state, and so there's nothing democratic about their worldview. This Robert P. Jones, he's the president of this PRRI who did this study. He said some Christian nationalists view political foes as evil or demonic rather than as fellow citizens with different opinions and see them as needing to be conquered. And yet it is the very people that are quoting him in his so-called poll, the very people are the ones that are doing what he accuses Christians of doing, demonizing their fellow Americans. Well, the left speaks of progress. They call all of this progress. Laura Hollis wrote an article yesterday in Town Hall. She said the implicit assumption is that the sort of Christians who are inoffensive and unthreatening are those who do not expect American society or government to reflect their values. That is to say the very least hypocritical coming from those on the political and cultural left who demand that American culture and government reflect theirs. So very, very true. 
Thank you for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. We'll continue our conversation on Monday. Thank you for your support. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.